When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Well, it is great to see you. Now, the number is 800-282-2882. I'm just adjusting a knob and a dial here and a button and a switch and a slider. There we go. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's always good to fill in for Mr. Rush Limbaugh, who is expected to be back tomorrow. That's the great news right there. On the EIB network, 800-282-2882. How many people saw the fighter jets yesterday flying the Northeast Corridor? New York City, uh, Philly, uh, they were flying over New Jersey. They did a little loop over the Jersey Shore. It was beautiful. It was powerful. It was beautiful. I get goosebumps just talking about it. And thanks to the men and women that fly those fighter jets. I know people were stoked about it. There's a lot of viral stuff online. I'm so glad it was sunny. Sunny days really help during the uh, COVID situation. This is the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name is Ken Matthews. Uh, Very quickly, before we get into the meat of things, including your calls to the EIB network, economic growth, we know it's rough. The GDP numbers, they're looking rough. We know this. However, have you seen the stock market? The Dow is up over 24,000. NASDAQ up. New York Stock Exchange, up. So I want to front load some positive economic news. Why do you think this is happening? Probably because people are starting to open up their states. And that's a big, big issue right now. I don't know if you saw what was going on yesterday uh, regarding President Trump. You know, he's not doing the full-blown news conferences anymore. And and one of the reasons is there's been a now there's a shift in information. A lot of people think he just didn't, you know, he should just stop doing it. No, 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 no. It had nothing to do with that. There's now a shift in information. We're now on the downside of COVID. We flattened the curve and we're opening up. So we need new sources of information 
and a different pace of information. One of the best things I saw yesterday, I don't know if you saw, but somebody asked the president regarding aid to the various states, and he explained it beautifully. He was talking about helping states, and he did it in a common-sense way. And I want you to hear why so many people, including maybe you, I know I'm still a big fan of President Trump, the way he's handling this. This common-sense way was incredible, the way he answered this question, and it was immediately manipulated later on in the day, taken out of context. But you understand it. Revenues and picking up a lot of the tab here. I think there's a big difference with a state that lost money because of COVID and a state that's been run very badly for 25 years. There's a big difference, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, we'd have to talk about things like payroll tax cuts. We'd have to talk about things like sanctuary cities, as an example. I think sanctuary cities is something has to be brought up where uh, people that are criminals are protected. They're protected from prosecution. I think that has to be done. I think it's one of the problems that the states have. I don't even think they know they have a problem, but they have a big problem with it, the sanctuary city situation. I would have to talk about a lot of different things, but uh, we're certainly open to talking, but it would really have to be COVID-related, not related for mismanagement over a long time, over a long period of time. You're willing to make that distinction, that much of a distinction? Well, it's a very very simple distinction to make, yeah. We're not looking to do a bailout for a state that's been unfair to it's unfair to many of the states, most of the states that have done such a good job. Very well put. I mean, that explains it. And it's common sense. If you were to survey, I don't have the surveys in front of me and polls change every minute. But if you went around and talked to people in this country and you said, who should who should get help? A lot of people are uncomfortable with the term bailout, but for, for we will use it interchangeably throughout the show. Stimulus package, bailout, uh, COVID help package, whatever you want to call it. People need it. They earned it. But it's not fair to play these games that the Pelosi's and the Schumer's are playing. We're going to leverage this to get more stuff, to get more goodies. And he put it beautifully there. And that's the other thing. One of the most undercovered aspects of the COVID-19 virus is... Illegal foreign nationals in our country, people here illegally. Once again, the president has been trying to shut down this whole sanctuary city scam for five years or more. He's never been a fan of sanctuary cities. Now you have millions of people out of work. I forget what the unemployment number is. It's I don't want to give the wrong one. Uh, You have an impact on our economy right now, never before seen. And we're just avoiding these big elephants in the room. Like, what about the 17 million people here? And what about the 7 million that are here illegally that are getting this benefit and that benefit? And then you're telling smaller businesses, well, we're going to try to get to you, but the Lakers grabbed some money. Did you see that? I I think it was like four, four or $5 million, which is a lot of money. I just don't understand how they got into the loop. But everybody wants it. Everybody, regardless of size, wants a good deal on money, especially when money's cheap. But the fact that he said, we're not going to bail out somebody who's been mismanaging. Remember, the virus is what? Let's pretend, what, six months? Let's see, January, January, February, March, April. Okay, five months. Technically three, 
right? Let's call it five. So it is unfair for someone who has mismanaged and damaged their economic well-being as a state or a region up to the virus, and then they want to get reimbursed for it. 800-282-2882. I'm Ken Matthews in for Rush on the EIB Network. And there's such a great uh, stack of stuff today. One of the things is, and uh, actually Bo and I were discussing this before the show, Barclays pointed out that they believe the days of seven to 10,000 employees in one building may be dwindling because a lot of people may not want to return in that environment. So that's something I definitely want you to weigh in on from around the country. Now, I'm, you know, we have come back to work, a handful of us, obviously, in the broadcast situation. But I can tell you some of the changes they've made broadcast-wise across the country. People are in the studio by themselves. We have glass between us, which is really a good idea anyway. Um, you always want to separate people by glass in general. But so we, we're in a different situation. But what about those people that are cubicle to cubicle and side by side? And what about those giant buildings from Chicago to Los Angeles to New York to Atlanta where the only way you're getting to your floor is to get in an elevator? The whole dynamic, the whole culture of our country has changed because of COVID-19. So the question is, are we going to return and return it to normal, or are we going to accept and or embrace some of the changes? That's where you're going to see. That's where you see the ideolo- ideological differences really play out. I may let's go to the grocery store, put on a mask, distance if you have to, respect other people. I've never been a fan of the the total shutdown. Never have been in in my own state of Pennsylvania or anywhere else. But I I agree a thousand percent with using your head, increasing the hygiene, increasing cleanliness of entire facilities. If someone has a business and they say, hey, you can't come in unless you're wearing a mask. I'm fine with that. It's their property. So but those are all things that I think we can be doing. I also think that shutting the schools down the way they did was a big mistake. Thirty seven states shut schools down until September. Now we're hearing rumors about we're not sure if we're going to open in September. I heard a couple states mention that. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you open in September? Especially now, since we know who are the most vulnerable in the COVID battle. We know people are losing their lives. We know certain people are at risk. But every week we find out more about morbidity, pre-existing conditions, and who are really a target of this virus. So why can't we get everyone who isn't a target and is proven healthy, get them back into our culture, our society, with the right precautions? I just wish we could do it more consistently. You know, as you go across the country, you have some people that, uh, you know, I was out on the, uh, the walking trail a couple days ago, Near my home. And I and I passed a couple things that were kind of weird. I, I passed two people on a bicycle wearing a mask, which I didn't really understand. It was a beautiful day. It was windy. It was sunny. It was cool. 
On my way home, I crossed the street. I saw people in vehicles with the doors locked, windows closed, wearing masks. Again, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if there's surgery going on inside the vehicle. I'm not. Uh, that, to me, is, I don't know. I think it's your choice. It should be. It should be your choice. And uh, one more thing, and this is totally unrelated, and maybe you can answer it when you call in. Why do so many runners look angry? What's up with that? I thought you liked running. Look, if you're going to go out there and run, <laughs> why do you, I say hello to everybody. Every, we all do, the entire staff. We all, we're very outgoing people. In fact, conservatives, for the most part, are that way. And we in, interact with everybody. I say hello to everybody. But, wow, if you catch a runner at the wrong time, I mean, if running makes you that angry, maybe you shouldn't be running. 800-282-2882. In for America's Anchorman. My name's Ken Matthews. Looking forward to your calls coming up on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Thank you for tuning in to the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name is Ken Matthews. Rush is expected back tomorrow. There's good news there. Also, good news with the economy, 800-282-2882, the number if you'd want to join the conversation on the EIB network. My pleasure, by the way, next hour to have uh, my friend and uh, hometown Congressman Scott Perry, who wrote a very powerful uh, editorial in the Washington Times about what's happening right now. It's so relevant. It should be must-reading if we were still educating our children, if we still had kids in school— I would suggest it as a reading assignment. If kids still read in school, I would. Two days ago, did you see the uh, survey that came out about Common Core? Yep, it's just like what we thought. It's just like what Rush was saying years ago. It's like what we all said. Don't you get tired of saying, you know, this isn't going to work. This is just an indoctrination scheme, the basics, writing, arithmetic, etc. What's the other one? Oh, yeah, reading. They're going to decline. Well, that's what happened. According to the survey, after 10 years of Common Core, which I happen to believe is just an extension of progressivism, it's a way to slip progressive into everything, leftist, uh, you know, collectivism, the whole thing, it put it in the math class, social studies, whatever. Reading and math is now lower than it's been in 40 years. Thank you, Common Core. Now, here's the good news. The good news. You could stop anybody on the street. You can stop a 13-year-old. What's the worst country in the world? I'm going to say America. Yeah. Probably America. There's a lot of rich people and just a lot of haters. It's just a horrible place. And they'll know that. (laughs) They'll know that. You can stop a six-year-old now on the street. What do you think's destroying the the planet? My mom's sport ute. This is what Common Core has taught us. It's taught us absurdities. And that's why other countries laugh at Common Core. And that's why so many students come in from other countries and work very hard and outperform so many of our own students in math and reading and science. Because we're very busy teaching them, well... Uh, this is how you make the earth green, and who was the worst president ever? That's in the same class. 800-282-2882. Uh, Dylan in Buffalo Gap, South Dakota. This is exciting. You're on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Ken, uh, nice to hear from you. Welcome. 
uh, I just want to um, talk about the problems with the ag industry right now. We are uh, in the process of euthanizing hogs and um, dumping milk. I think they're starting to kind of prep the cattle industry for the possibility of doing the same thing. Um, I'm just wanting your thoughts on why we are importing uh, ag products from countries, specifically beef from countries like Nambia, Africa, Brazil, oh, yeah. South America. Okay. And then Let uh, me... on top of that, uh, one more thing, uh, okay. mandatory country of origin labeling. Um, beyond this uh, episode, I think that uh, the Americans have a right to know where their meat comes from. And right now it's shipped in boxes, processed in America, and has the inspected by USDA sticker on it. There's no differentiation. That is, I want you to stick around for a minute, Dylan, because I want to get your thoughts on uh, President Trump ordering the U.S. meat processing plants to stay open. That just came through. I don't know if you saw that yesterday with the right uh, precautions for the COVID. But I, I think that's that's a step in the right direction. He also ordered several other, uh, I guess you could say, arms of processing food processing to stay open. And I was not aware that even during this crisis, we're still bringing in so much foreign food. That's absurd to me. So, but what do you think about Trump's order? You think that's the right step? It, it could be, Ken. Uh, you know, we've imported more beef, boxed beef, in the month of March since it started than all of last year. Uh, the Packers are smart. They're going to make money on this, and I think they're going to make money using foreign beef. You know, so, I mean, it's a step in the right direction to make sure they stay open, but we got to use American meat, and we got to let the American consumer know that they're getting American meat, at least know the difference with well, mandatory country of origin labeling. And I know that Rush Limbaugh has Trump's ear, and I feel like President Trump isn't getting this information for whatever reason. Mandatory country of origin labeling is hugely important. And, and I, I feel like he's just not and, getting And now, now more than ever, thank you, Dylan. Now more than ever, I couldn't agree with you more. And the other thing that Dylan was talking about is you've got uh, poultry, and a lot of people don't realize that fish, when you, get, when you get fresh fish, it may be caught in China or South America or wherever. And that is scary. And what Dylan was talking about, you would think, it, this, these are one of those things, you're driving down the road and you hear it and you go, well, I thought we already did that. No. No, 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 no. See, especially when the Democrats run things, we were very invested in making sure the right gender is on a door. We just don't know where the hell our food or our medicine comes from. See, that's the problem. So maybe the good that comes out of COVID-19, and as a American first person and a open uh, Donald Trump supporter... Hopefully, people will realize maybe we ought not be so dependent on countries that are communist dictatorships. Why don't we start with them? Why don't we start reducing our dependence on countries that abuse people, imprison people, torture people, and kill people? You know, like communist China, the the one that Bill Gates said is doing such a great job with the virus. Were you as upset as I was about that? Over the weekend, when Bill Gates sat there on several news stations, CNN is where I think I caught it, and he praised China even after the anchor, which kind of shocked me, 
The anchor said, well, what about them delaying alerting people around the world about it? And what about the what was happening in Wuhan and this, that and the other thing? And he said, oh, no, I, I you know, let's not talk about that. They I think they've done a great job. And then he started to trash America. And you know what worries me about that? The richest man in the world, Bill Gates, is an American. And he's on national outlets seen worldwide building up a communist dictatorship that leaked this virus, even if it was accidentally. This is a problem. Always a thrill to be in this chair talking to the greatest radio audience on the planet. The Rush Limbaugh Show. Rush is expected back tomorrow on Thursday on the EIB Network. My name's Ken, and for America's Anchorman, and very quickly, you've probably heard the narrative. What is the narrative from Nancy and, and Chuck? Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. The narrative is what it always is, that, uh, well, we were going to help the children, and we were going to help out, but uh, Trump is such a rascal, or Mitch McConnell such a rascal. And uh, there's a handful of people. Maybe you have your handful. Obviously, Rush on radio is America's Anchorman. He's the voice of reason. And there's a handful of people in cable news that I would consider the voice of reason. For example, up on the five, Jesse Waters. I'd say, well, what does Jesse think? Or on Fox News, Brett Baer. Big fan of Brett Baer. And he beautifully set everyone straight because Nancy keeps pushing that, well, we were going to get this out sooner to help people, but Mitch McConnell, he kept wrong Thank you for correcting this, Brett. Let's just set the Brett record Bear, straight here. I mean, there was a clean, there was a clean bill that once they found out that the the small business pot was going to be dry, there was a clean bill to put more money in it. Nancy Pelosi did not go forward right. with that. Period. The end. Stop there. So yes, they wanted to do other things. Democrats did, but to have an answer that says that it was Mitch McConnell who delayed is really political jujitsu, And you have to have somebody that pushes back and says, wait a second, in that time that there was a delay, there are X number of small businesses around the country that had to make the decision. I haven't gotten the money, so I've got to let these people go. So when the number goes up 4.4 million on unemployment, there's a reason that it goes up that way. And that delay is part of it. Wow. The truth. Thank you, Brett. And I loved your latest book, by the way. 800-282-2882. 800-282-2882. And, and Brett is even a gentleman, you know, because most people know that uh, Nancy Pelosi is a pathological liar. But he's he's a gentleman. He says, well, that's like verbal jujitsu. See, he doesn't even want to. And I, I respect him for that. He didn't call her out. That Chuck and Nancy are two of the biggest liars in the history of politics. And then when you look at some of the people that back them up, some of the great thinkers of the Democrat Party, like Joy Behar. Yes, the great philosopher and political thinker, Joy Behar, only echoed by Alyssa Milano. Those are some of the great thinkers on Twitter that keep this garbage alive. And it's sad because President Donald Trump, being an outsider, he does not see things through the lens of a politician. And everyone forgets that, mostly politicians. Americans don't because we don't see things through the eyes of politicians. I'm not looking at a decision 
regarding my friend's small business. He's waiting for his money here in Pennsylvania, whatever. I'm not thinking, well, how is that going to impact my election? No, I'm looking at how is that going to impact his family? How is that going to impact our community? What's going to happen to the churches? Think about the people that support churches, which brings me to the next point. Before we go back to the phones, I have to share this with you. And I was I was having this discussion with a colleague of mine, and I said, you do realize that the First Amendment has been slapped around like a punching bag for the last six months. And here's the example. And I know if you're in this audience, you know this, but there might be a newbie just driving by, flipping around, you know, looking to tune into the Gail King podcast and accidentally stumbled onto real content on the Rush Limbaugh show. Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion or prohibit the free exercise thereof. So with a show of hands, realizing I'm unable to see you, with a show of hands, how many people have had their church schedule either altered, shut down, or in the case of being at a uh, rabbi's funeral in New York City, been arrested or fined because you were gathering to worship? Worship, excuse me. Yeah, see, that's called prohibiting the free exercise of religion. What about abridging the freedom of speech? <laughs> That's nonstop. That's been nonstop. That is a nonstop thing. And we've allowed it to get to the point where in the last week, three major platforms have all openly professed censorship and we all have taken it. We've all just said, well, mostly the news media. The news media has let it go by. We had Twitter say, you're no longer going to post memes about Joe Biden Why not? Those are the only things (laughs) relevant to Joe Biden. There's no other content. So they're not going to let the memes be posted because they think that's doing a disservice to Joe Biden and it's misinforming people. Look, he's a joke machine. Joe Biden, Ukraine Joe Biden is a joke machine, but Twitter is now going to help shield Joe Biden, much like the news media shields Joe Biden from sexual assault allegations. Okay. So that's what Twitter did. What did Facebook do? Facebook came out and said, we are no longer going to promote pages that in, uh, encourage or support shutdown protest. You know, there's protest all over the place from, and I'm so proud. I'm always proud to be an American. There, sometimes I, I'm thinking, could I be any more proud? And now is, I'm so proud to see people, especially conservatives, they're pushing back. They're doing it respectfully. They're doing it legally. They're doing it peaceably. And on Facebook, they saw that. And they said, well, no more shutdown protest meetups or Facebook. So you can't go on Facebook now and say, hey, man, I'm tired of Michigan being shut down. I'm going to get together and we're going to all meet in Detroit. And well, Facebook won't do that. And then another one, YouTube. <laughs> the CEO of YouTube came out. Did you hear her on Friday or Monday? I can't remember. It's all a blur because every day's the same in COVID world. Have you noticed that? The CEO of YouTube says, 
any video that challenges the guidance or information of the World Health Organization will be banned. So, okay, so that, let me just check through it here. Freedom of speech, done. Uh, freedom of religion, done. Oh, oh, here's another one. The right of the people to peacefully assemble. I love the First Amendment. It's so awesome. The only thing I love more than that is the second, but no time for that today. The right of the people to peacefully assemble. So let me explain that to someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This means that you're allowed to peacefully assemble wherever you are publicly if you're not breaking the law. And you're not allowed to do that during COVID. And last but not least, to petition the government for redress of grievances. Now, some states and some aspects of our government are more responsive to this, and some have been doing a great job. Maybe your congressman, your senator, uh, your local people, they've been doing a great job. But a lot of people have just done what Governor Wolf did in Pennsylvania. He just switched over his answering machine. So when you call the governor's office, it sends you right over to this COVID information line. And all the other stuff, like wanting to impeach him or (laughs) abuse of power, he doesn't have time for that. So there's your First Amendment. So the next time... You mention that to one of your liberal friends, and they go, I don't know what you mean. I'm sure you have a, a, a copy of the Constitution in your pocket. We all carry one. But if this doesn't, I think the religious thing is the thing that should really scare people. That and uh, the peacefully assembling. Those are scary. Those are very scary. This is a very scary time when when moms are getting arrested in parks and uh Uh, There was a pastor in New Jersey, and I I forget all the details. I'm sure you can Google it. Uh, He had like a couple dozen people over for a barbecue, and everybody was actually staying fairly distant. I mean, it wasn't like what's going on in Chicago, which I put on my Facebook page, at Ken Matthews. Did you see the big strip party that was going on over the weekend? Yeah, everybody naked and swap and spit and no mask. But... I'm certainly glad the news media is focusing on Mike Pence and his mask. Did you notice that? We'll be back with your calls next on the Rush Limbaugh Show. 800-282-2882. Very quickly, and then we're going to go back to the phones. I just have to let you know what uh, uh, this is. uh, The comedy stylings of Donald Trump are, put it this way, Saturday Night Live wishes it was funny, as funny as Donald Trump. You know, Justin Amash is exploring running for president. <laughs> so Donald Trump says, no, I, I, I think Amash would make a wonderful candidate, especially since he is way behind in his district and has no chance of maintaining his congressional seat. He almost always votes for the do-nothing Dems anyway. I like him even more than Jill Stein. <laughs> See, the, the guy kills me. That's another reason I'm voting for him. Because he keeps the laughs coming. 800-282-2882. Let's go to Katie in San Andreas, California. Hi, Katie. You're on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Hi. Thanks for taking my calls. I just want to do a shout-out before I get started to Rush and just tell him mega prayers. We're with him. We're always thinking about him. And thank you for filling in and doing hard work in his place. Appreciate it. Thank you. My point is that I want to piggyback on what you were saying about the schools. I'm a mom of three kids, third grade, 
kindergarten, and then a toddler. And our life has been turned upside down. Thank God my husband is still working. I'm a stay-at-home mom, former teacher. We got tossed into this homeschooling thing. We had 12 hours notice. They canceled school on a Sunday night. Monday morning, we were supposed to be doing homeschool. This has been an epic fail and disaster. They are creating not just the common core illiterate children. Now we're going to have a whole bunch of illiterate, uneducated children. They're missing a third of the school year with the potential for this to continue on to the fall. Us I know California, out- it's crazy. Go ahead. I just yeah. said California's crazy. I mean, it's, take whatever's going on elsewhere and just add another level of crazy to California and New York. We're the Socialist Republic of California. That's what I call us. And, um, and it, understood. Now, let me ask you, uh, are you getting any assistance from local school districts? Because that's what we're led to believe by the teachers unions. People are saying, well, you know, it's a tough time for parents, but all you have to do is go online and there's the teacher and you can interact with the teacher and you've got the stuff. Is that true? Yes and no. Yes, the teachers are trying their best. I get that they were also tossed into this because I had a conversation with my daughter's kindergarten teacher, and she goes, she's older. She's probably in her 50s, close to 60. She's like, we didn't train for this. If I trained to teach remotely, then I'd be trained to teach remotely. And I said, I agree with you. You guys are doing the best you can. But they're giving us all these assignments, and not so much kindergarten, more so third grade. And I'm like, this is above what I used to teach. I didn't teach when there was Common Core. And I have a teaching background. So most of these parents don't. So there is some assistance, but not as much as if they were in school. And then they're talking about possibly next year, because we'll start in July, we have a kind of modified year-round schedule, which is great, by the way. Right. We'll start in July, but they're already talking about pushing the calendar back, doing part-time distant learning, and I love how they put a nice spin on it. No, it's a joke learning online <laughs> and um, in the classroom. And I'm like, well, so what's your plan? They have no plan for the plan, and it's just failing these kids, and it's so frustrating to me. Well, Katie, thank you for calling. I, I understand your frustration. Now, my wife and I, we have two teenage sons, which are giant, uh, oftentimes smelly mammals in the house all the time. Um, and thank God they, they both work and they're, they're great kids, but my oldest, he won't graduate with millions of other seniors that are, you know, their senior year's done and he's supposed to graduate this year. And then, uh, here in Pennsylvania, we're thinking maybe we go back in September and if we do, do we, and, and the thing that really resonates and you can hear it with Katie is there were already issues heading into this. In other words, we already have parts of our system, and I do say parts because there are some great teachers out there, dedicated teachers, and we know that in the public and the private school system. But there are a lot of issues, and what worries me is, um, especially when the, the left gets involved, they get in, they jump in, like Hillary said yesterday when she endorsed Joe Biden. I'll have the tape for you coming up later in the show. Joe, we can't let this crisis go to waste. So the Democrats are not going to let this virus go to waste. So if they could get more green energy instruction or transgender assignment, multicultural social studies, interactive classes, then they're going to. All all I would like to see is 
the best readers, mathematicians, and scientists in the world come out of our school system. And then what you choose to do socially and culturally, have at it. You know, when you get to college, have at it. But each year we get further from learning the basics. I can't even imagine what, and I'm, I'm blessed because my kids are, they're pretty good students. And what, what about if you have three kids? What about if you have a, a, a child that is a special needs child? I can't even imagine how that even works. Yet, yet, we hear Governor Newsom saying, I absolutely am going to give benefits to all illegals. If I was a parent in that situation, my head would explode. 800-282-2882, The Rush Limbaugh Show. Almost wrapped up with hour one. More of your calls along with Congressman Scott Perry all on the way next. This is the EIB Network, The Rush Limbaugh Show. My name is Ken Matthews. Rush uh, is expected to be back tomorrow. So, uh, and, and thanks for Mark Stein for plugging me yesterday. I really appreciate it. It was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> anyway, uh, you probably saw or heard, and if you don't, go to RushLimbaugh.com. The content there is incredible. It's fresh. It's new. It's hot. And you know the other thing, and I noticed this is really cool. People are sending it. You could send a message to Rush at RushLimbaugh.com. You can send a personal message. But also, I know millions of people are familiar with the RushLimbaugh.com website, but the website is so cool. People send photos of themselves with things that they're wearing. Sometimes it's Trump-related things. Sometimes it's things from the Rush Limbaugh store. But that's, you know, I'm, I'm plugging it because Mother's Day is coming up. And that makes a great gift. There's a lot of stuff on there for moms. I only hope it's sunny where you are. And if it's not, I hope you see sunshine soon. 800-282-2882 is the number. Yes, we're going to be grabbing another stack of phone calls shortly on the EIB network. My name is Ken Matthews, and I have never been more proud of Americans, especially when I look at these various states where people are Uh, peacefully assembling, they're peacefully protesting, and a quick acknowledgement of the the great people in in central PA, in particular, Attorney Mark Scaringi, took a case all the way, he's taking a case all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. He, along with a uh, small business owner, and this is fighting for local businesses that have been locked down under coronavirus. Also, Mark Rydell, another guy, firefighter in uh, PA, 25,000 signatures to open an impeachment inquiry into Governor Tom Wolf. Because a lot of people think, you know, what's, what's this all about? Why, why is the U.S. Constitution or our state constitution being stepped on because of a communist Chinese virus that's the question you have to ask and it's happening uh, all over the country and I see that Tom Fenton of um, Judicial Watch is also suing to have I think 800,000 names that should not be on the PA voter rolls that's a lot 800,000 
So there's this is going on though in every state, and it and it what I love about it is, and I was telling Bo this before the show. I said, "Do you ever notice when when you have a lot of liberals and leftists that are angry about a particular policy or the direction of the country, things get burned and broken, and horrible things get spray painted on churches, and they blow up buses or turn cars over and just do horrible things." And then when it's the hardworking men and women of America that are having a problem right now with some of the, the, the COVID policies, many are right-leaning. What do we do? Oh, we follow the rules, as we should. We follow the rules. We follow the law. We file uh, injunctions. We take things to the court. We petition our representatives, as it should be. As it should be. You just don't see a lot of conservative groups blowing up cars and breaking the windows of Starbucks. And I said, I said, (laughs) you don't see a lot of conservatives covering their faces. But of course, now you do. So now it's going to be really hard to tell, you know, someone if they're left or right, depending on their protest, because now we're all covering our face. Of course, maybe the leftists now will not cover their face. Who knows? 800-282-2882. The Rush Limbaugh Show. We head over to Nevada with Judy in Elko, Nevada. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hola. Hola. No, no. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Buongiorno. Mona me, how are you? <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling good all under, and I'm starting to worry about this call, but it'll be okay. It'll be all right. All right. I don't understand why the Lakers would get over four million dollars. That does not make sense. Who's watching the books on this deal? Well, you know there are so many fingers in the books, Judy. This is a Multi-trillion dollar bureaucracy, uh, and a lot of people have their hands in the pie, you know? And that's what worries me. It worries me that uh, a chain of steakhouses will get a bailout and, you know, a guy that has a steakhouse in Harrisburg with four people or someone in Atlanta that has a company with 19 people, they're not seeing their help yet. So that's just because our government's too big. I mean, you, it, it's just way too big. It's unwielding. Well, they shouldn't be allowed to get anything. That's, that's not even bonus money for a player. That's not <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Thank you, Judy. I appreciate the call. Judy's talking about, yes, the uh, Lakers organization applied for and received a either a low-interest or no-interest uh, loan part of the process now some of these as you know these loans are going out and if the loan that you get from the government uh ensures that no one is losing their job or hours i believe there are accommodations where you don't have to pay most of it if not all of it back but if you're just going to take the loan to do something totally unrelated to the covid well then i think it's a scam then i think it's a scam and it's it truly amazes me because it's so difficult to please a leftist. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed? And it's not 
it's not just because so many leftists hate Trump and they're uninformed about things like history, but it's just so no matter what you do, no matter what you do, if it's prison reform, well, yeah, you just did that because of if you're giving billions and trillions of dollars to people, regardless of race, gender or political party, because they're hurting. Well, you're just doing that because it's just ridiculous. It's like a no win. That's what makes President Trump impressive when he just keeps getting up to the plate and swinging. Because because mere mortals in in the leadership realm, I'm talking about mere mortals in the leadership realm would have collapsed years ago. They would have thrown up their hands and said, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. I can go play golf and sail around on a boat. Why am I doing this? 800-282-2882. My name's Ken Matthews in for America's anchor man, Rush Limbaugh. And let's go to Houston, Texas. Yes, it's Julie on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Hey, I was calling to say um, about the dependencies that we have, especially on food. My husband works for the world's largest logistics company, and you have billions of dollars of mostly frozen seafood, but frozen food. Everything you have in the grocery store, anything frozen in the restaurant most likely is coming from China. And that is terrifying. That should terrify all of us, especially during this virus. Your grocery store, you go in there, you buy a bag of frozen seafood. It's from China. It might say distributed locally by such and such a company, but it is coming on these containers, like I said, billions of dollars of food a day. Um, They even um, have rabbits that they have flattened to little sheets. That comes from China, and they make it into dog food. You name it. It comes into the ports here. Um, and, you, you know, I think that's happening. Part of it, obviously, is because if you follow the money, there are probably some American companies that are making a lot of money off this. And I think this is I hope President Trump can keep his message out there that it's so critical now that we cut our dependence on other countries for things that we really need. And what does your husband think about uh, the caller we had in the first hour of the show who said oh. everything that comes from out of the country should be labeled. He doesn't listen to the show, but I was, that's, that's what prompted me to call in. Cause like I said, you don't know when you go to these stores that mm-hmm. where your stuff is coming from. Um, but then on the other hand, all of this food is coming in and then the people down here in the ports wouldn't have jobs. So, you know, you look at it that way. So it's a double edged sword. You, you know, you don't want the dependency, but you need it in order for everybody here to have jobs. True. Well, it's thank you, Julie. It's a very good point, and that's the key. That's that uh, razor's edge that, uh, or the edge that Donald Trump has to walk. Because uh, someone said to me the other day, should we just stop trading with China altogether? And, well, no. No. Let's not, but let's not make it so... Any country can shut us down. Why don't we trade with them for wants and not needs? For example, most people aren't talking about this now, but earlier in the COVID crisis, you remember everybody was talking about, I think it was first heard on the show, Rush was talking about it, the percentage of pharmaceuticals that are coming out of China. It was terrifying. And then I think next might have been India, but don't quote me on that. But you, you... then you then all of a sudden you go wait a minute you mean if our military needs 
so many millions of units of a particular drug, we may have to get it from a potential enemy? Whose idea was that? I'll tell you. People who, long ago, as early as the 70s, 80s, 90s, especially in the 90s, when China got uh, World Trade Organization status, there's money to be made. And as the money kept coming in, people said, well, what about if we have to make bullets? Yeah, yeah. What about tank treads? Yeah. What about drugs we need? Sure. What about meat? And I can't believe Julie just said flattened rabbit. I think I heard her correctly. Mike, did she say flattened rabbit? That's what I thought. So, uh, wow. Now we've got PETA. PETA's going to be emailing now. Well, don't blame us. Go protest in China. In fact, in fact, that's one thing I would love to see. I would love to see every single American who's ever marched in front of a big business owner's home in America or Mike Pence's home or Donald Trump's golf course or the White House, as soon as you can safely fly, because I want you to be safe, I want you to go and try protesting in China. And if that doesn't work out, I want you to catch a flight over to the Arab Emirates and try protesting there. And then on when you circle back around, maybe you can pick up Joy Behar and Alyssa Milano and Ashley Judd, and you guys could protest in Iran for gay rights. Let me know how it goes. This is the Rush Limbaugh Show. We'll be right back. 800-282-2882. In for America's Anchorman. My name is Ken Matthews. Rush is expected back tomorrow. Very excited about that. So many other things uh, we're talking about. Again, I, I do hope it's sunny where you are. And I hope you had a chance to see the air show that took place yesterday through the Northeast Corridor. New York, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, the Thunderbirds. Uh, the, I think the Blue Knights. And yeah. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but it was great to see that they were all American jets. I was just, It was just refreshing. Yeah, it just says, is that a Chinese? Oh, whew, thank God it's American. 800-282-2882. Now, you know Stacey Abrams. She, is the, uh, she ran for governor of uh, Georgia, and the rumors continue uh, that she might be on the ticket with Joe Biden. Um, Joe hasn't said anything about it. Because he can't complete a sentence. However, however, it looks like it will be a woman on the ticket for sure. And the rumors continue that it could be a woman of color. So she's definitely in the running along with Kamala Harris. Uh, But pay close attention to how she has changed her story because of Tara Reid. Now, Tara Reid is the woman that is accused former Vice President Joe Biden at the time of senator in the early 90s of sexual assault. And it's not pretty. The accusation is, it at this time, it's still an accusation, but more and more people are backing it up, both verbally and there's uh, audio. You probably heard it when her mother called into Larry King on CNN and talked about it. Uh, and then there are people that corroborate it. And then there were some people on the left, because in the, in the news media, most of news reporters lean left. And their knee-jerk reaction is to defend everyone they like and go after 
everyone they hate. That's why the news media has kind of turned into a joke. And they immediately were like, well, what would you get, a bunch of Trump people? It turns out that most of the people in Tara Reid's corner saying she's legitimate, she's telling the truth, I remember her contacting me, none of them like Trump. And several voted for Hillary. And they came out and said that. They said this isn't about politics. It's about this woman allegedly being sexually assaulted by someone who's running for president and the news media circling the wagons like Stacey Abrams, who said, and I quote, I believe Joe Biden. (laughs) That's funny in itself. But two years ago, Stacey Abrams said, and remember this quote, every woman should be believed. Now we've morphed a little bit. Now we're every woman should be heard. And I'm sure by Election Day, it'll be every woman should vote for me. Isn't that it's a little sleight of hand that's absolutely amazing. Now, in her defense, probably the one smart decision she made the entire year, Alyssa Milano actually said, well, we should hear Tara read out. I mean, actually, you know, one of the key people involved in the Me Too movement. But isn't it fascinating? Isn't it fascinating whether it's. A fake story about President Trump from Politico that everybody grabs and they run with. Which is despicable, but that's how it works. Joe Biden is still going around again. Excuse me, that's allergies. It's not COVID when I just coughed and I didn't get any on you. Joe Biden goes around and he continues this narrative of, you know, Russian spies and Trump. And the latest ridiculousness was, I don't know if you saw that poor, a report in Politico claiming that President Donald Trump owes millions of dollars to the Bank of China. I don't know if you caught that. It's, it's fabricated. It's fabricated. It was pooled. It was changed. And it was corrected. But that doesn't matter to the left. It's like the Mueller report. The Mueller report exonerated President Donald J. Trump. And he was not convicted during the impeachment. He was not convicted with anything, any wrongdoing with the Ukraine. But that doesn't matter. The the Dems will run with it, whether it's Stacey Abrams, whether it's Joe Biden. Joe Biden ran with this story in an interview. He said, well, you know, the president owes all kinds of money to Bank of China. Now, you know what this means? It means you and I have to listen to some of our dingbat liberal friends say, well, you know why President Trump owes money to China. They, Where do they get it? And the problem is none of these organizations, even when they get corrected, other organizations will not follow up and add the correction. You know, you're, there's not a bunch of Brett Bears everywhere. At the top of the show today, I played Brett Bear uh, correcting a narrative that Nancy Pelosi pushed. And then everybody picked it up. And everybody ran with it. And that's the problem. Katie Couric, believe it or not, of all people, and I'm not a fan, but she said something very interesting that mass media is now an oxymoron, yada, 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 yada. But the thing that jumped out at me that she said was people watch news for affirmation, not information. And I couldn't agree more. 
I couldn't agree more. And you know where it's worse? It's worse if you hate Trump. Because now there are entire platforms where you can plug in and energize your Trump hate. Maybe it's MSNBC. Maybe it's the New York Times. Maybe it's a a morning network news show. And that's what it is. People go for affirmation when they need information. Thank you for tuning in and always making this very enjoyable on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Rush is expected back tomorrow. The number is 800-282-2882. A friend of mine from uh, Pennsylvania has written a very, very powerful uh, piece in the Washington Times. Congressman Scott Perry, retired Brigadier General of the National Guard and a former combat aviator, joins us. Welcome to the Rush Limbaugh Show, Congressman. Ken, uh, so thrilled to be on with you and on Rush. Uh, just talked to Bo and uh, couldn't be uh, more, more more pleased and more honored. Thank you very much. And thanks for mentioning the article, America has got to come to terms with the fact that uh, the Communist Party of China has uh, has been uh, interested and in, in taking measures to uh, become the dominant uh, global power. And that includes uh, essentially putting America, uh, you know, on a second level, on a second tier. And they've been doing it for decades now. And what you're seeing right now, what we're experiencing right now, is a, d- a direct result of, of, of that activity. Uh, and, that, and in that article, that's, I, I, you know, I, I draw that out, and then I talk about what, uh, what we need to do about it. And well, it, uh, we have it got really... to get after it. It really is a must-read, and if if you're if you don't normally uh, read things like this, if you're if you're busy or if you don't have time, and I understand it, it's crazy right now. But this is a must-read. This is one of those articles uh, that Congressman Perry has written that you want to print out, and you really want to crunch it and share it because if you just consider uh, some of the calls we've been getting today uh, about people's frustration about the food and the supply chain. And the economy, when you look at the relationship we have with a communist dictatorship at every level, technology, supply chain, medical, communication, agriculture, manufacturing, you talk about all of it, including the space race. So there's really nothing that we have kept from them. We treat them like a valuable ally, but they're not. Why is that? Well, we have been told, Ken, by our government uh, for now decades that they are a strategic competitor. And, of course, you know, as Americans, we love competition. Uh, we believe in, in open and fair and free trade. And so we, we, we look at it, you know, when we hear that, we think, okay, we can do better than all of them. But I will just tell everybody what you probably already sense is there is no such, such thing as free trade or fair trade or fair dealings with the communist government of China. And we got to separate the Chinese people who many of them, you know, look, they lost their lives in the Tiananmen Square uprising. And, and you can see what's happening in Hong Kong right now. There's a difference between the oppressed Chinese people and the Communist Party of China. And what we're talking about is the ruling Communist Party in China that uh, that that does all these things. And, and, and people say, well, you know, does it really affect me? Uh, you're seeing the effects, right, living the effects right now, and it, but it can actually get worse. If you consider, uh, Ken, countries like uh, like uh, Australia, who have sold a lot of their hospital systems to China, 
who now under at the you know during the threat of the COVID nineteen outbreak are talking about shuttering the medical facility, closing the hospitals because they're owned by the Chinese and 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 so they they can just close them if they want to and leave the population. Uh, bear from treatment. I mean, uh, when you consider how much of the drug manufacturing that we rely upon, somewhere between, if you read Rosemary Gibson's book, um, China Rx, somewhere between 85 and 95 percent, and the fact that they are now 10 percent of our generic market, can you have to know that China is interested in running the healthcare system in the United States, and particularly the military healthcare system. And well, you just have to ask yourself why, and it should be pretty obvious, right? The military situation is what really spooked me at the at the front end of the COVID when we had those situation with the Roosevelt. By the way, on the on the the uh, aircraft carrier Roosevelt now, I think uh, close to thirteen hundred people have recovered, which is good news. But when we were learning that. Some of the the medicine that they needed came from China. <laughs> it was like what? That's the that's the greatest military in the world. The greatest navy in the world is the United States military and navy. And why would we depend on a communist dictatorship? The other thing is we do have a generation, I believe, that unless you're listening to the Rush Limbaugh show, unless you're uh, researching. You don't realize that most countries do not have a constitution like ours. And I think people just presume that you get due process in China and there's fairness. And but that isn't what's happening in communist China. People are still disappearing over there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they've disappeared. Uh, some of the doctors that originally blew the whistle and tried to ring the you know the alarm bells on this, the ones that that haven't died we we still don't we still can't talk to and don't know the whereabouts of what is generally characterized as patient zero uh, who worked at uh, the wuhan institute of virology so we're calling on china and the world health organization uh, to bring these people out so we can talk to them so we can determine the origins of this which we we think we know but uh, again you can read the article but but uh, we, we want to prove it and 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 to your point about the military ken just to add insult to injury the TSP, the Thrift Savings Plan that all your members, your uniformed service members in, are involved in, that's where they save money for their retirement, and, and most of your federal government is involved in the Thrift Savings Plan as well, is considering investing in China. And, 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 and that would literally, if you think about that, Ken, that means that the people, the service members wearing uniform are going to be investing in the very weapons that are going to be used to defeat them. It is absurd, and it absolutely cannot happen. But this is what we're dealing with across the board. And I, I you know, I point that out. We we need to deny China access to the most consequential financial system in the world, and that is the United States and the United States dollar. We should not be allowing them to be engaged in commerce at that level in the United States, and they get special privileges, believe it or not, that U.S. companies don't even get. And you got to ask yourself, why is that happening? Well, that's been around since the 90s. And what's heartbreaking about this is uh, when we have these conversations, you get people on the left that say, well, what are you, xenophobic? And I get so tired of the, the, the lame, unresearched response. We are talking about a totalitarian government. We're talking about a dictatorship. We're talking about people that run the country that don't think like most people think, not just in the West, but definitely not in America. 
So that's absolutely, they, yeah, that's absolutely right, Ken, and it's not xenophobic. You only have to turn to the Chinese for the facts. You can read the book. I think it was published in 1999, so that's some time ago now, called Unrestricted Warfare, where they lay out their plan to defeat the United States. They're literally – they have given us the plan. We just refuse to accept or acknowledge it, but it's out there. You can go buy it on the, off the shelf today. And so it's, it has nothing to do with bigotry, xenophobia, uh, or, or, or any of those ad hominem attacks. It has to do with the reality of what China says is their mission to complete, and they're working on it every single hour of every day. And China has maximized the American education system at all levels, not not just in the exchange of information, something as simple as textbook production or whatever, but look at the influence of Chinese money in American colleges. I bet parents, there's parents out there that don't know how much money China gives to their university. Now, how do you think that impacts people learning the truth about China and the truth about how they treat people? Yes, you're absolutely correct, uh, uh, along with the other list of things that you already uh, espoused regarding the things that China is involved in, the United States education system, especially at the college level, things called Confucius Institutes. But then, like you said, the uh, financial contributions to universities around the country and the influence that comes with that. And quite honestly, uh, Ken, I've got some legislation, not to, you know, not to uh, beat a dead horse here, but uh, the, these institutions, these, uh, these colleges are supposed to report these, these gifts from China because of foreign, uh, foreign government to the United States. Um, and, and they re- have refused to report them, and, and no one is checking on it. No one has been checking on it, and there are little consequences when it's found out that they have received hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that are used to influence not only the decision, the policy decisions at uh, institutions of higher learning, but also the education. It's, it's essentially propagandizing uh, the folks that are going to college so that when they come out, they have a a positive view of China. And so any discussion that we have here or elsewhere is seen, as you already said, xenophobic or bigoted or somehow out of character uh, with the with the Chinese Communist Party. It is not out of character. They are they they are opposed to America. They consider America their enemy and they are working every day to defeat us. And 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 that's just the long and short of it. So what what do we have to do to push back on this? Because I uh, the other day when I saw the richest man in the world, Bill Gates, an American, the richest man in the world, uh, complimenting and building up communist Chinese government and their brilliant handling of this and trashing my president and my country, our country. How do we get around that? How do we get this message out there? Yep. Simple recipe, I think. First is be informed. So, you know, the left always brings up uh, personal attacks because they can't fight with the facts. So get the facts. I would tell you, uh, and Ken, I know you're an avid reader, so these are probably already in your library, but three quick reads, uh, China Rx by... That's brilliant. Brilliant book. Yep. Bill Gertz, Deceiving the Sky. Uh, Michael Pillsbury, A Thousand uh, Year Marathon. Those are three quick books to read. That's number one. Number two, support good policies. The president has good policies, uh, defunding the World Health Organization, stopping uh, 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 
travel from China at the outbreak of uh, of the uh, virus when he knew about it. Those are good policies, supporting those policies. And then finally, getting your representative to support and demand that legislation to deal with these things come through committee. The legislation's been out there for years, Ken. We can't even get it through committee, let alone on the floor, because the Chinese influence in Washington, D.C. is so strong. Tell uh, constituents to tell their members to demand their members to move this legislation and let's uh, let's secure our nation and, and, our, and our country. Amazing. Uh, Congressman Scott Perry, thank you for being on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Great information. I'm going to link your uh, Washington Times piece to my Facebook page and uh, be safe and, and keep up the good fight. Thanks again for being on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, uh, be safe and God bless you as well. We'll be right back on the Rush Limbaugh Show. This is the Rush Limbaugh Show, 800-282-2882, on the EIB Network. Mr. Limbaugh, expected back tomorrow. My name is Ken Matthews, and uh, it is always a thrill and an honor to be here. Uh, So much is going on in this country, and I hope, if you're tuning in, uh, at whatever stage you are in the COVID experience, that you're taking something away from the show, some information, you're getting a laugh, and you're realizing that uh, we are in the greatest nation on earth, and we do have a can-do guy in the Oval Office, and and I thank God every day for that. Uh, Can you imagine if we had a just hack politician in the Oval Office right now? It would be devastating. It would be devastating. And thank goodness we do have someone who's trying, like millions of Americans, to weigh the facts, listen to the advice, and figure out what to do while putting America first. Instead of taking a focus group, taking a voter poll, taking a popularity survey, our president doesn't have time for that. 800-282-2882. Atlanta, Georgia. Rita, welcome to the Rush Limbaugh Show. Thanks for taking my call. A mega prayers to Rush. I'm a small business owner in Atlanta, a staunch Trump supporter, and I'm proud to say that Governor Kemp began opening us up last Friday. My uh, comment is, why are we allowing American food and meat producers to sell their companies to China. Recently, they purchased a major U.S. meat producer, and they kept their brands, such as Smithfield and Cudahy. But what they're doing is they're they're going to still be raised in the USA, so they can say that they're being uh, raised here, but they're being shipped to China to be processed and distributed. I don't well, understand there, why we're allowing that. There's a couple there's a couple layers there and I think the first layer is what uh, Congressman Perry was just talking about there. I I truly believe Rita there's a lack of education and a lack of awareness about who and who isn't a supporter of America and American values and who and who we should not be trading with when it regards essentials. And I always thought food was essential. And in other words I know that the Chinese and many other countries make products. They make some good products, and sometimes they make products efficiently, 
So allow them to trade at that level. But I couldn't agree with you more. This this cloaking your ownership in the American brand and then processing it and throwing it on a container ship, you know, what is it, 10 times as long as a football field? And then it yeah. shows up It shows up at your Atlanta grocery store. And then, as we talked about last hour, nobody knows where it's coming from. I mean, is this processed? Is it being processed 20 miles from Wuhan province? We don't know. Right. Well, they say that it's raised, proudly raised in the USA, which it is. But then they ship it on, you know, sit it, stick it on a container and process it in China and distribute it. And they have nasty, they have no regulation. And that's something else that, you know, it drives me crazy, especially when the left calls out so many great companies in America, and there are many, and the, our companies now are cleaner, the air is cleaner, they're processing, their safety, uh, OSHA, the whole thing. Absolutely. And yet, yeah, and yet they're willing to trade with countries that dump sewage into into rivers and cram workers into sweatshops. So I, I don't know what to do. I mean, what is the consensus down there among among people that you uh, patronize down there as far as companies? What do they want to do? Well, I mean, the the grocery stores and so forth, they're just, you know, they, I, I don't know. I'm not in the grocery business, but from the people that I talk to, everybody's saying, why did they remove country of origin from our meat, which the FDA did that not too long ago but at the same time they can still come back and say uh raised in the usa so it's all very cloak and dagger um i don't know who to go to my my uh outrage is that why how can american companies sell to the enemy that's why why is that being allowed i mean china is our enemy they want to kill us you know well Rita, I want to I want to thank you for calling. That is a great point, and I'm going to go out on the limb and answer it. Money, lots and lots and lots of money, and we'll be right back on the Rush Limbaugh show. Hope you're having a great week. Hard to believe it's Wednesday. Rush will be back tomorrow. He's expected to be back tomorrow on the Rush Limbaugh show on the EIB Network. My name's Ken. And the number is 800-282-2882. Always a thrill to be talking to you in for America's anchor man. Some good news. And, and there's plenty of it out there. There's some good economic news. Hold on a second. Let me just let me just check out my fancy app. Uh, hold on a second. Oh, oh Dow Jones, 24,677. I think that is as high as it's been in a while. But New York Stock Exchange up, NASDAQ up. Etc. Now, what your liberal friends will say when you tell them that, yeah, but look at the GDP, look at unemployment, look at the growth. Things are just, we're all going to die. Um, yeah. No, we're not. No, we're not. The good news is America is always in a state of coming back, fighting back, fixing, repairing, improving. That is how America rolls. The fact that leftists are bothered by that, well, 
maybe you settled in the wrong country. Maybe you ought to call up Bill Gates. I'm sure he can arrange it, and you could live in China. Because you're, like, so awesome. China's, like, awesome. No, they're not. 800-282-2882. So the good news is, in addition to that, uh, following the release of exculpatory documents, the attorney for Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn, Sidney Powell, she was on uh, about a month ago on this very show, she filed a motion to dismiss all charges against General Mike Flynn, the former Trump national security advisor. Now, if you've read her book and you've been following the case, you know that Mike Flynn, like many others, was framed over the past few years by leftist liars. Now, what's so exciting about this, and this was reported by Catherine Herridge over at CBS News. And, and you know what? She's one, isn't she one of the people, I know, I don't know about you, but she's one of the people I like at CBS News. She obviously is new over there. I'm kidding. I know she's new. Anyway, she announced Judge Sullivan has ordered the prosecution to file a response to General Flynn's request by Monday, May 4th. So hopefully next week, a man who was targeted, persecuted, prosecuted wrongly, in my opinion, will be exonerated. And then I hope the man can start rebuilding his life because that's how this cabal of people that is trying to take out Trump, that's how they roll. They're going to go after Flynn. They're going to go after Carter Page. They're going to go after you if you have a blog. Look out. And the best part about it is Judge Sullivan, he is the one who previously accused General Flynn of treason, which I thought was way out of line. However, however, if you were a judge and you were presented a packet of lies from people like Mueller or Comey, what are you to do? And, and that is the biggest travesty of justice in this whole scheme of things regarding Mueller. The fact that we were sold out by people high up that we should have trusted, people that directed investigations, people that directed the FBI, people who we thought would look after Americans. So this is why this is a big thing. So keep your eye open for that on Monday. I'm sure it'll be spoken about on this show. 800-282-2882. Let's go back to the phones on the Rush Limbaugh show. In Virginia, this is Dave. Dave, uh, can you pronounce your city for me? Virginia Beach. Oh, it was, you know what? It was an abbreviation and I didn't want to mess it up. (laughs) I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. How are things in (laughs) Vabal? Well, it'd be a lot better if we didn't have this uh, pseudo communist governor. (laughs) Oh, my God. What's going on down there? Oh, he's they're using this crisis, you know, Rahm Emanuel to uh, basically go after gun rights and go after. Everything, uh, voting, no IDs at voting stations. I saw they're that. Just, they're going after every liberal, every little thing that they've wanted for years. They're using this to shove it through. But if it was a Republican, they'd be criticizing him for using this crisis to uh, advance a political agenda. It's scary it's- because their foundational rights that I don't understand, especially... How and why would Virginians, other than yourself, 
how and why would Virginians give up those rights? How would they? they but they're doing it. They're saying, okay, what? you know. Oh, a lot of a lot of. I'm a New Yorker originally, and a lot of us moved down here to get away from uh, the high taxation and ridiculous corruption up there. And unfortunately, sometimes they come down and bring those voting patterns with them. But well, I was going to I was going to say you can escape to Florida, but forget about that because that's <laughs> all the New Yorkers are bypassing Virginia. They're going to Florida to escape. But go ahead. It's amazing. Every day I turn when I moved here twenty years ago, I was a I was a novelty. Now you can't swing a dead cat without hitting ten or twenty Brooklynites and you know Queens people. And they all say the same thing. We we had to get out because we couldn't afford the taxes. So, but I, the reason I called you today is I'm I'm in healthcare, and I've been following this from day one, and I was ready for it. I I told everybody they're going to overblow it, but there's one disturbing number. All the numbers we're talking about being manipulated, the recovery rate, and I want to say this as straight as I can. The CDC says this, this disease lasts about 14 days, 10 to 14 days. So why is our country only showing about 14% recovery rate? But if you bounce over to Canada, their recovery rate is 40%. Germany, 75 Spain, 56%. France, 40-something percent. Why is our why are they not reporting the recoveries accurately? And why do we keep talking about the cumulative case number? If we go back two weeks from today, which is the fifteenth, mm-hmm. it was six hundred and fifty two thousand people with the COVID virus. Right? Yes. Yep. So according to the C D C most ninety nine percent of them should be recovered. Why are we only listing the number we're listing today? It's, so what is what is your thought on it? It's they're tra- they they went all in on this. Uh, the media, the politicians, the healthcare system, the fraud Fauci, and now they can't admit that they were wrong. So they have to keep the keep the panic alive because and they're going to do that by telling us that there's a million active cases. You know, technically, there should be the number of active cases, if you use this math, is 396,360. Not a million, but the media wanted to say a million so they can hang that on Trump. Well, everything sense. Everything you're saying to me makes sense. And it's interesting. I think one of the good things that could come out of this, Dave, is people are awakening to the lengths that people on the hard left are willing to drag this country to, regardless of, of the damage it causes. I, there was some, somebody posted something on social media today uh, in Pennsylvania, because I don't know if you saw last week in Pennsylvania, they had to do a, a several hundred death correction on the death count. Yep. They said, oh, by the way, we've got to re- revise this. And a lot of states have been revising the death rate down because how they categorize the death. We've all heard that, you know, there's uh, morbidities, there's pre-existing conditions, and uh, you've probably seen the memes going around. Someone gets hit by a car, and then they say they were killed by COVID. But Absolutely. they have to ke- they keep changing it. So there's no yep. faith. There's no faith in the system. Somebody uh, posted just a minute ago, if I can't trust 
my state to count dead people, how can I count them or trust them to count votes? And then, of course, of course, dead, a lot of dead people vote Democrat, but still. <laughs> but you know what I well, mean? How, who do you trust? Well, and, but the media is even Fox News. They, nobody, nobody is bringing this up. Nobody is bringing it up. Are you telling me if I cross over the border to Canada, I'm, we have a forty percent recovery rate, but down here it's fourteen? What? What? What's the? What's the difference? Do you there's, think there's, this the, is being manipulated beyond belief? Do you think people are just point, shifting the samples? Do you think that's yep. what they're doing? They know that if well, we just, if we don't get all the information out, then we can tell the story we want. Well, you can't keep the panic alive unless you keep the number growing, right? So they got to get that number to keep growing. But if you look at it, uh, getting a little deep here, but a parabola, we're going parabola goes up, it gets beefy, and then in reverse, it, the healing rate should increase exponentially. And they don't want to see the number drop because then people will feel confident and they'll want to open their businesses. So they got to make it sound like it's growing still. So yeah. how do we get how do we get around this? You're in the health business. How do we how do we get around so we can get a better sense of reality? Well, first off, we got to expose the the problem. Second off, we need to go back out and test all the people that they identified with their mild symptoms. They said, "Oh, you have COVID. Go home, isolate for 14 days." They never go. They're not going back and rechecking those people and reporting that they are now recovered. We got to go back out and check those people and take them off the list, so we can bring the number and show that their the recovery rate is increasing, not decreasing. So, there's one other well, quick something I wanted to say. Okay, Andrew Cuomo. <clears throat> There's a thing called the certificate of need, and I know I think Rush talked about it. We need to hang this around that guy's neck because they were the first country, in the, the first state in the country to get a certificate of need, and that limits hospital beds, MRI machines, CAT scans, and ventilators. So when he talks about not having what he needed, why don't we just say, fine, get rid of your certificate of need? But they can't because they get kickbacks from the hospitals political donations from the hospitals to limit competition hang that on his neck well dave i want to thank you for calling you covered great things and you know getting back to cuomo cuomo is going to be the way the cuomo thing is going to unfold is in my opinion going to be like the way Mueller was covered up for so many months and and years i think that it's going to be months and years before we find out the truth of what was coming out of Cuomo's mouth, because he's a very political animal. But like what you just said, when people find out the financial incentives to reposition accuracy and statistics, and when they find out the political incentives to play with our lives and our health they're going to be outraged. And I just I don't think the Democrats ever want this to see the light of day. I think they are just beside themselves that the best they have is Ukraine Joe and Trump may get reelected. And God help these people when Trump gets reelected and he starts a deep dive into investigating some of the mishandling of this virus. I'm Ken Matthews in for Rush. We'll be right back. 
You're tuned in to the Rush Limbaugh Show. All across America, the greatest nation on earth. And you can feel it. People are calling in. You feel the energy as things are starting to open up. Now, I, I have to admit, uh, I was uh, somehow I got listed as an essential employee, along with several of the other folks I work with. And uh, so I was actually, we were working for the last several weeks, you know, in studios that were uh, sanitized and being very hygienic, etc. And I did get spoiled with no traffic, I got to tell you. But all kidding aside, it's great to see people working again. It's just great to go by, like, in Pennsylvania, it's con- construction is now back. And, uh, of course, the malls are still closed. And across the country, Georgia, I, I mean, Georgia really is, what I really liked about the Georgia situation is, despite what some people said in Washington, the governor of Georgia, who was on with uh, Mark yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, he went forward. And I love that because sometimes people will say, well, why is he doing that? Trump isn't because he's the governor of Georgia and Trump's not. And not everybody that supports Trump walks in lockstep with him about everything. That's how the left works. That's why Stacey Abrams is saying things like, oh, I believe Joe Biden. Who wouldn't? I mean, look at his track record. The guy's the epitome of truth. Not everybody agrees on the conservative side. But the things we agree with are very encompassing. Like, it, the, see, the left doesn't have a bunch of agreement on the Constitution. They have people that love it, and they have people that want to destroy it, and they have people that burn it, and people that want to change it. <laughs> That's one thing those of us on the right can agree on. It's one of the greatest documents on Earth. And if more people followed it in government, our whole country would be better off. So when I see Mayor de Blasio breaking up a rabbi's funeral attended by hundreds, well, I can't say what I'd like to do because I could get in trouble. But it's horrible, is it not? It is, if you read history, and I know a lot of people do in this audience, it's reminiscent of... You know, everybody uses the Nazi crutch, but it's reminiscent of long before that. It's uh, it's early Russia. It's South America. It's happening right in our own country. It's just a little softer. It's just a little softer. But what is the difference? Seriously, what is the difference of somebody saying to you, no, you're not going to go to that park? You're not going to hang out in that park. And if you go to that park, you're going to be arrested. That could be said in any country around the world today, or and it has been. The fact that we are not angrier about it. But we're starting to catch on, like we were talking to Dave. And I do believe people are starting to see. We have now a dozen states in the process of opening up. My big thing is we got to get people back to school. I mean, that's something you talk about... Talk about the Democrats. They're the party of the children, right? They care about the children. And I think, how does their slogan go? We care about the children and Trump locks them up at the border. But Obama never did. I think that's something, their slogan. What are you going to do about the kids? How are we going to get kids reacclimated and socially readjusted? 
if you think the mental pressure is bad on people out of work and the men and women in uh, the health industry and hospitals, imagine the confusion for young kids, kids old enough to sort of know what's going on. Now, keep in mind, a lot of these kids have been indoctrinated by a progressive leftist system. So you've got kids coming out. They're out of school now, but they were taught in school that Trump was the bad orange man. And President Trump was a bad man. The Republicans don't care. And rich people are bad. You know, the same garbage. Now they're out in this complicated world where mommy may have to say, well, we're not going to get that type of thing this week at the grocery store because we have to buy this or that. It's very confusing for them. So I think we all need to be hyper aware of getting our youth back into a structured situation. But I have to say, I was a little shocked that they let the prisoners out. Thanks again for uh, listening to the EIB Network. The entire team is very grateful today. Bo and Mike and Brian... And it goes without saying, Rush is extremely grateful, and he's expected back tomorrow on the Rush Limbaugh show. And what was I just... Oh, yes. Uh, The article by Congressman Scott Perry, which people are inquiring about. They're messaging me. Uh, I put a link. It's It's in the Washington Times, but I put a link on my Facebook page, at Ken Matthews. And it really is worth reading. It's... uh, Look, Congressman Perry, like many conservatives, uh, makes sure... The facts are correct because unlike Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or the the many, many people on the left, like a Maxine Waters, um, they don't have to get it right because the media will cover for them. If you're a conservative like Congressman Scott Perry or a Jim Jordan or uh, Louis Gohmert, you better make sure you have your facts correct and your ducks in a row or the media will eat you alive. Now, if you put out an article like Scott Perry did today, and it's very informative, and it's going to be an awakening for some people, they're going to go, what? I didn't know this. What happened? And it it is true. Well, then the media is just not going to cover it. So that's the games that are played. That that is how the media does it. And that's why so many of your liberal friends in those conversations, when you say something like, well, you know the news. Uh, you, you know the uh, the military took over the Wuhan biolab in December of last year. You knew that, right? The military was like in charge of it. Well, where did you hear that? You see, so you have to look. Unfortunately, because again, anything that goes against the narrative, they'll just ignore if it's factual. If it's factually going against the narrative, it will be ignored. If it's a mistake, whether it's an honest mistake, an intentional mistake, you're gonna get you're gonna get wailed on. You're gonna get wailed on. It's like it's like Mike Pence getting wailed on about the mask. Now, I don't know why he didn't have the mask on in that particular moment, in that particular photo. I don't know the protocol of the hospital. The room he was in. I don't know if someone, and we don't know this. And you, yeah, I, okay. Bo was just telling me he already tested negative. And then the other thing is, knowing Mike Pence, 
as a lot of us do, he's a regular on the show, knowing him, I wouldn't be surprised if someone, if he didn't say, uh, should I wear my mask? And someone didn't say to him, no, Mr. Vice President, it's okay. You don't need to wear your mask because you have tested negative and this area is secure and we all have masks on. But the news media will not explain that to you. They're not going to take the time to do that. They're just going to, they're going to Jimmy Kimmel it. And I call it Jimmy Kimmeling because here's one of the most useful idiots in the news media today, Jimmy Kimmel. All you have to do is call him up. Yeah, can you get rid of a funny monologue and replace it with trashing Trump tonight? Sure. ABC. Talk about a useful idiot. So he spent a monologue on attacking Mike Pence, calling him the president's poodle, saying, you know, well, maybe you'll get it. Just just being a 13-year-old boy. When most people know no one would have entered that room unless they had clearance to do so. So I would imagine there was a conversation where the vice president said, because he was talking to a patient, is it okay if I, should I keep my mask on? And I would imagine someone said, no, Mr. Vice President, everything's secure in here. You, you don't have to worry about your germs or anybody else's germs, blah, blah, blah. But that's what you don't get. So <clears throat> that's why I'm, when you see a good article out there, share it. When you see good information, share it. And it, it's been so disappointing to watch uh, how the media has failed us with COVID-19. We really needed them. We needed people to tell us what's going on. And they're so vested in making sure that Trump doesn't get reelected that they failed us again. 800-282-2882. Let's go to Jacksonville, Illinois. Veronica. Veronica, you're on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, the point I would like to get across is um, about this pandemic unemployment assistance money that was, uh, I believe, a, a federal uh, money given to the state specifically for uh, self-employed workers, freelancers, and gig workers. Um, I don't know exactly when it was given to the state, but as of today, that money is still not accessible to those people that I just mentioned, the the self-employed, freelance workers, gig workers. Um, It's not available to those people, uh, at least in southern and central Illinois. I don't know what's going on in Chicago but um, we're going on day 43 of no working, and that money is still not available. Now, um, do, you, do you know, Veronica, how far along the process is? In other words, has there been, uh, you know, you fill out an app, and then there's some type of r- information that comes back to you from the state government that tells you what's going on, or has it just been like a, no information for the last 43 days? Um, it, it's kind of been a three-ring circus, Um I've I've read conflicting stories. One tells us that we should apply for regular unemployment and get denied and sit and wait. And the other article I've read says absolutely do not apply until May 11th. But but then it doesn't tell you that you you can apply on May 11th. There is no information out there that directs you to an application or that, that gives you any specific information on how to access the money. 
So it, it does appear like the breakdown is at the state level. Is that what you're observing? Yeah. That Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that, uh, you know, hopefully people are listening and hopefully you could, uh, you know, maybe someone will either call in or someone will at least address you in your in your area. Have you contacted uh, your local representatives or a local state senator or someone like that? Um, I contacted our local state representative, C.D. Davidsmeyer, regarding it. Um, I sent him a message, and he did respond. Um, you know, he said he wished he had better news, but the system is a mess. Um, he also mentioned that states like Texas and Iowa are sending out checks to Illinois, or I'm sorry, are sending out checks um, while Illinois is building an automated system in the middle of a, you know, alleged pandemic. Uh, he, he mentioned that he would be calling them uh, that next day to urge them to start at manual, uh, you know, if need be, just to get things rolling. And, um, you know, here we are almost 41, 42 days later, and there's nothing. Well, I think something will be get do- done now because uh, you are a great spokesperson for that issue. So I I, I, I appreciate you calling, Veronica. It does sound like it, it's at a state level. And um, I'm I'm glad, though, that one thing I was happy to hear, because sometimes this doesn't happen. She called her state rep. And the state rep responded and she got accurate information based on the call. And this is good. I mean, I am hearing some positive because I know how easy it is to hate politicians because they're so hateable. So many of them. So many of them are scumbags. But. There are some that are actually doing their jobs, and I have heard from around the country and in my own state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, that there are some people that are get they're helping with uh, unemployment issues, and at least they're keeping you uh, in the loop, and they're doing as much as they can. But that, again, this is where, and maybe I'll play that soundbite coming up after the next break. I think I'll play that soundbite. This is what President Trump was talking about, and I played it at the top of the hour, and he said, look, there's a lot of states, like Illinois is a great example. I'm so glad Veronica called. Uh, There's a lot of states, they didn't have their act together before COVID. They were a, a cluster before COVID. Things were going sideways, and people were getting shafted, and they weren't getting, you know, there's just a lot of things wrong in places like Chicago, New York City. Baltimore, Los Angeles, not to pick on a bunch of uh, progressively leftist blue run cities, but you need to pick on it because that's how it shakes out when you go across the country. And I agree with the president 100 percent. We're not here to fix a bunch of problems you broke over the last 25 years. The federal government is here to assist the state in problems that were created under a communist Chinese virus that paralyzed federal and state economies over the last four months. This is the Rush Limbaugh Show. We'll be right back. You're tuned into the EIB Network. Rush Limbaugh expected back tomorrow on Thursday on the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name's Ken Matthews. Thrilled with your calls and your comments and uh, your postings. I really appreciate it. And uh, I like... Everyone here is rooting for you if you are battling the COVID at any level, personally, professionally, in your business, at work. It uh, Again, 
We live in the greatest nation on earth, and we will get through this because I happen to believe we have the right person in the leadership position. I think it would be disastrous if we had uh, some type of weasel like Nadler or Schiff. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? By the way, Adam Schiff yesterday, and then we're going to go back to the phones, but Adam Schiff, did you hear him talking about implying on MSNBC that 50,000 people would still be alive if we had impeached President Trump? Can you imagine a sitting congressman saying that? Can you imagine if someone said that about Barack Obama, about anything? It's really scary. It's a scary time. Okay, here's that quote from uh, President Trump that pretty much, in a very commonsensical way, explains aid to the states. I think there's a big difference with a state that lost money because of COVID and a state that's been run very badly for 25 years. There's a big difference, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, we'd have to talk about things like payroll tax cuts. We'd have to talk about things like sanctuary cities, as an example. I think sanctuary cities is something has to be brought up where uh, people that are criminals are protected. They're protected from prosecution. I think that has to be done. I think it's one of the problems that the states have. I don't even think they know they have a problem, but they have a big problem with it, the sanctuary city situation. I would have to talk about a lot of different things, but uh, we're certainly open to talking, but it would really have to be COVID-related, not related for mismanagement over a long time, over a long period of time. You're willing to make that distinction, that much of a distinction? (laughs) Well, it's a very very simple distinction to make, yeah. We're not looking to do a bailout for a state that's been unfair to it's unfair to many of the states, most of the states that have done such a good job. I love it. I love it. And it the, the Democrats are always talking about leveling the play, playing field and fairness and whatever. And then the people in the media, they don't understand it. What don't you understand? This is assistance for COVID, not because you're a liberal progressive government that ran your state or your city into the ground. We warned you about that. It's just like when they try to hang things on Trump, a guy who's been in in politics for less than four years and someone that's been in 40 years will try to blame President Trump for an issue that's been around 30. Back to the phones we go. Marty in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Marty. You're on uh, the Rush Limbaugh show. Hey, Ken. I just I'm so happy to call in. I wanted to, uh, first off, I wanted to give uh, Ray's the mega dittos to giga dittos for Rush. I'm always happy to have you on the show. And my only comment today was that I think the president's political team has become as much more of human than many give them credit for. I think when he went on in one of his four o'clock briefings and said, you know, I have all the power to open up the states or close the states. And then Pence came on and said, the president has plenary powers. I think what he was doing was throwing that into the Democrat governor's laps. Because, you know, reflexively, when somebody takes something away from you, you want it back. Well, all of a sudden, they have to have skin in the game. They have to make decisions. And you never hear another word from the president about this topic at all. And I thought that that was worth uh, noting. Marty, I'm so glad you called. You timed that perfectly. Uh, That was such an astute observation. It is true. President Trump uh, does appear to be the the chess player when other people are playing checkers. It is hysterical 
he may he can move entire groups of people with a tweet or a comment. And exactly what Marty just said, the minute he said, you know, well, I've got the power, all these governors stepped up and said, no, 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 I'll make the decision. And you know darn well, first of all, that's how the Constitutional Republic works. But you know darn well, in Trump's head, he was probably thinking, good. Now we'll get to see who can lead and who can't. It was brilliant. Perfect timing, too. 800-282-2882. I'm Ken Matthews. We'll be right back. What a day. What fun. Don't forget to check out RushLimbaugh.com. And in the meantime, take the time to uh, drill a little deeper into this uh, Joe Biden. This thing, this Joe Biden accuser thing, this thing has really taken off. In fact, even the Washington Post is now taking it seriously. So look out for that. I just saw something. I saw a little blurb go across the screen on ABC. Even they mentioned it. So I, what I'm interested in seeing, how is Hillary going to back out of this mess if these allegations prove true? Look at the people that jumped on the Joe Biden wagon. How are they going to get out of it? That's going to be something we want to watch closely. In the meantime, thanks for your great calls today. Be safe. Be well. Stay positive. Conservatives are truly among the most positive people. Because we know the greatness of our Constitution. We know the greatness of our country. We know the greatness of our neighbors. And for goodness sake, don't let de Blasio uh, keep you from going to church. 800-282-2882. Mark it down so you can call in for the next round. Have a wonderful day. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.